yeah, I mean, it is a business agreement and one that we are definitely going to get more into because, uh, well, won't be long from now that we can say that all of us sitting here are married. And we're going to cover exactly how that really takes place here in just a second after I kick off the show. It's your favorite podcast and your best friend, Triple C, with another episode of BBX, uh, Brevity Box. And you know, it's your favorite podcast. And if it's not, it will be, hopefully, someday. Brevity Box is brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. If you don't know what the Ruminations Radio Network is, you haven't taken the time to type in a few letters on your keyboard, check out our website, and see the myriad selection of wonderful and entertaining podcasts that are coming to you offered by the Ruminations Radio Network and Area 42 Studios and Sound. Check it out. There's a lot of options, a lot of ways to fill your time with entertaining voices in your head. Everybody knows it's normal to have many voices in your head. Our guest today definitely knows about that. We're going to ask him about the voices in his head soon. Um, Joining me, as always, and kind of still sort of new, which feels fresh, like new car smell, is Mitch. Mitch, thank you for making it work today. Appreciate you having here. Yeah, um, we're going to get it up and rolling. We're going to make this uh, happen and and, uh, really kick it off as an official position, an official co-host as soon as things settle down a little bit. Oh, we're going to talk about why it's not settled. (laughs) It's all good reasons why it's not settled down yet. And then, of course, we want to welcome our buddy. We call him Arvig. And if you haven't heard us talk about Arvig, let's remind you for a second that uh, this this is the man who has kept Mitch and I's unrequited love at bay for so long. He so kept our friendship away you know, you guys, from happening. You guys accused me of that. so long. Accused. I'm, I, accused. I, I brought you guys together. Hang on. Let yeah. me take a moment to breathe in this pain. <laughs> it's still sore, like a bruise. Still tender. <sighs> I'm just like so glad mar- Mitch and I found still, each other. Still tender like a new marriage? <laughs> <laughs> or second marriage, maybe. <laughs> and then, of course, I yeah. want to take a, a moment to recognize that uh, uh, our our normal host, who is always here, Becky with the good hair, is out saving the world one baby at a time. And if you don't know what I mean, Becky is an award-winning nurse, and she is out there supporting new life and also really busy with her wave of light. If you don't know what the wave of light is and the movement is, look it up. It's pretty cool, especially if you like, you know, babies and them, you know, living and doing well, which we all do. Maybe you don't miss you. Even then. Even then. You just like being a decent fucking person. Check it out. Uh, Becky will be back with another episode soon. In fact, the next episode. But for now, we're keeping her seat warm. We have Arvig here with uh, political commentary and Mitch here with sports because he loves sports. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he got us mixed up there, Mitch. Oh, maybe. maybe. Did I I swap that? Yeah, you may you may have swapped that. that. I think I swapped that. But unlike unlike Becky, I'm not I'm not uh, infinitely knowledgeable about all sports, just, uh, you know, football. Yeah, dude, she is incredible. I mean incredibly knowledgeable about sports ball it's um the funnest thing i think the funnest tradition brando has left us with is that anything that goes wrong in her life i can now always tie back to the cubs winning the pennant you know what though i think it goes back before the cubs it actually goes back before the cubs uh it goes back to a gorilla that was killed harambe That's where the time. That's where a new timeline was created that that's, allowed for the Cubs to the win vortex. the pennant. That's the vortex that allowed the Cubs to win the pennant. Oh, so it's God. not this not entirely, you know, on the Cubs. Master of timeline. Mike's been working on his flex capacitor to try to make it all work for us. It's still still not quite there yet, huh? Are True. We? No, not quite there yet. But it's it, it's coming along. One of these yeah. days, I will I will go back in time. You'll hit eighty eight. Make right, it happen. Hit eighty eight. Make it happen. <laughs> I got a feeling, though. I got a feeling, though, Mike. If if you were Marty McFly, you might have just been like, I mean, what's going to happen if I make out with this hot mom of mine? I mean, she's pretty much a smoke <laughs> show. You um, might be tempted to throw caution to the wind if Leah Thompson was your young mother, right? Mom, I mean, mom, definitely not. Stepsister, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Need a little bit of remove there, right? A friend's hot mother, that's okay too. 
Well, see, now that I believe, right? That I believe. <laughs> as long as they're wearing at least one piece of animal print clothing, right? right. Actually, right. all jokes yeah. aside, if I'm being real, all of us would be looking to see if Biff's mom was hot for some sweet, sick revenge, right? That's what we would be doing. <laughs> I, would to- I would totally mess with Biff Tannen. Yeah, 100% we would mess with Biff. So, so we were discussing a little bit about being institutionalized men. Um, and talking about uh, nuptials and also getting, you know, Mitch back into the routine of being, or not even back, but into the routine of being the uh, hardcore host, co-host of Brevity Box. So let's just hit, the, you know, hit that 800-pound gorilla right in the face and talk about it for a second. Our buddy, our friend, our amazing leader here, you're headed for a change in life. You're going to be an institutionalized man yourself soon. I am. I'm going to be congratulations, a, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Going to be made an honest man, I suppose. This yes, is where don't I do feel it. Like don't I do it. Some, I want some spooky music to where I go. But first, a warning. You know, and then like hit you with the realities. <laughs> yes, Mitch. You must be aware. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm. I'm really excited. I'm thrilled. I'm. I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky. Well, I mean, look, I, I think it's an interesting topic uh, sure. for me in a lot of senses, because Mike and I, I think, approached marriage differently. Mike, you got married pretty young, your first marriage, right? Yeah, my first marriage, I was like 24, something like that. But, uh, and how, you know, it's it's interesting for me because, you know, I always I had always planned on someday getting married. Mm-hmm. I believed in the institution of marriage. First, before, before I became jaded. And crazy. Before I became jaded. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike, unlike Charlie, who I seem to remember having a conversation with him and his, uh, wife about how they didn't believe that you had to get married. Still don't. Right. I mean, so I, it's what, true. what changed? True. What changed? You want me to tell this story? I'll tell this story. Um, I'm, I like this story a lot, actually, because I, you know, very much me, uh, very much telling to Brooke and I's relationship. Um, yeah, we, my marriage took a totally different path. I, I, I did not think I was going to get married at all. At I think at some point when I was a kid, really young, I don't want to say kid, like adolescent, like if you were to find me when I was 16 uh, to like 18, 19 years old, I probably would have told you that those were high up on my list of ambitions, right? Be a good husband, be a good father. And be I think a, a lot answer. of that, uh, well, that I knew I had down, right? I had the moves, I had the groove. I, I could do that. But um a lot of that came from uh, probably a bunch of history and stories I won't go into now, but I, one of those kids that was from a uh, broken home that was dealing with issues of divorce and dealing with issues of absentee father, that kind of thing. And I think, think it's normal for a kid who deals with that to feel like, well, I'm going to be different than this representation of what those things are. And when I went out and, met my father after having been away from that person for a long time. I spent a few years with them and came out of it with sort of this different view of it. And it wasn't that I had a problem with marriage, like nobody should get married. I didn't have that thought. I just had this feeling that I needed to have, I didn't understand it as an ambition. And I kind of understood my thoughts as a kid as being, uh, trying to correct things. You know, you sort of want to be better than your father, so to speak. So it's like, oh, he was a shitty husband. He was a shitty dad. I'm going to be a good husband and be a good dad. And um, and then when I got out of spending time with him, my mindset was completely, like say that everything I had written on that to-do list or chalkboard, I just sort of erased. And I needed to rediscover if I if it even existed, why I would ever want to sort of, why I felt like it was necessary at all. Okay, fast forward to being in a relationship with somebody for a long period of time. I'm a big proponent of monogamy. I'm a very monogamous person. I take those I took and take my relationships seriously, even in friendships I take them very seriously. And with Brooke and I, we and Mike you can back me up here. We had been together for a very long time and we're already viewed by friends around us and by family as if we were married. And if oh, we yeah. weren't living in Arizona, 
we would have been considered common law married, but that doesn't exist in Arizona. So legally, you we know what you got to you got to love Arizona. There's a lot of advantages here. <laughs> there's, wow, yeah, there's a lot of it. <laughs> Said a married man, um, but yeah. So I mean, there definitely was advantages. I mean, um, certainly. But you know, then you know, you, you couples, every couple, and of course, life in general, you're going to run into obstacles and drama. And for us, that manifested in the form of a car accident, and some health stuff, and scares, and things. You really have to have a tight relate. If you're in a relationship, it really has to be tight to be able to navigate those kinds of things. And and we did together. And I don't think there was ever any moment where we second guessed ourselves. But even in those moments. It never, I never had this thought like I have to get married. I kind of felt my thoughts of it were that most people, not all, but most people that I had talked to, when I would ask them why they wanted to get married or why they were getting married, it always came off to me. The answers that I most often received was it sounded to me like they were doing it for the tax break. As a, as a tax break, <laughs> yeah, as a way to cover their ass for crimes and tax breaks, yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, I felt like people generally were doing it because they felt like there was an expectation or it was a natural evolution. It was something that they were supposed to do. And that's fine for them. I never tried to take that away from somebody. But that's just not how I felt about it. I didn't feel like you had to. I didn't feel like it was expected of me. Or if it was expected of me, it wasn't a reason that motivated me to want to do it. So what changed? What changed was really weird uh, as far as its origin. I was watching an HBO documentary, which I should have the name of on my. Oh, I thought you were going to say you shouldn't have been watching. I shouldn't have. No, I did. Uh, And this this documentary was about a videographer who would do weddings in his spare time and did it for a long time. He'd go and record people's nuptials and their receptions and their first you know walk down the aisle and the cutting of the cake and and he would give them the edited versions of this and whatnot and he his documentary was following up with couples that he had worked for uh 10 years later and he just had a random idea and he would go back to these people and ask them how their marriage was going and most of this documentary if i would have stopped it at three quarters of the way through people would still still be married i i don't think i would have been married because most of the marriages were like people going i shouldn't have gotten married it's not what i expected everything changed like it was all this sort of (laughs) like really i mean like people this is these if you didn't follow through to the end uh you would have felt nobody would have blamed you for coming away going oh big mistake I, i shouldn't get married but and i wasn't even thinking about marriage at this point and um the one of the last stories he followed up with was uh, somebody had this couple had hired him to videotape their commitment yeah. ceremony. Oh, oh. They didn't get married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was just a wallflower in the room that night. No, uh, he he videotaped their commitment ceremony, and it was you know really hippie and really granola kind of thing, and. These people were like, yeah, we just wanted to reflect our commitment, but we didn't think marriage was a deal. And when he followed up with them, they were preparing to get married. And they had two kids, and they were sort of behaving like you wouldn't see any family. And he sat down with the groom-to-be and said, what changed? Like, why are you, what are the reasons that made you decide you want to get married now? And his answer sort of changed my it really spoke to me like it really was a moment of like i got emotional because i really related to this guy and he he really simply said for most of my life i thought of marriage as something the same way i was just saying that people just did that it was something that was expected of them and he goes but after everything we've been through and we've had these kids and we have this life it marriage became it stopped being a verb and it started, it became a noun is exactly what he said, which intrigued the shit out of me. And he goes, it stopped being something that people did. And it, for me, it became a place. It became a place where I found myself. It became a place where was synonymous with home. It became a, th- a thing that I could touch and experience. It didn't, it wasn't some fleeting moment that, 
I needed to do because it was expected of me. It wasn't something that I wanted to do as a simple expression. And the marriage that they were going, the wedding they were going to have was this acknowledgement of that being the reality of it for them. So it sort of flipped it backwards where the wedding was more of like a, a graduation, right? Like they had already lived all this other stuff and the wedding was the celebration of this discovery of this place and this thing. And that honestly changed my whole perspective of it. And it made me look back at the long relationship that I had had with Brooke, which was what uh, almost 12 years, 13 years before we actually got married. And, and I think you could feel it. I mean, Mike, you were at the wedding, you were Mm -hmm. a groomsman. Uh, That wedding, I think was fun and memorable because it was a great wedding. It just felt like there was no, it felt like a graduation. It felt like we were celebrating something we had and something we had already had between each other. And I think that could be felt with everybody. So it was well, fun. At that, point, it, at that point, like you said, you and Brooke had already been through so much together that, you know, you, you pretty much passed the test, right? Right. You, right. There was no questions, right? There was no like new, like we only knew each other for two years and oh my God, I hope we make it. And what if things get hard? It was like, things have been hard. It was a real shit show, but we made it. Let's party. You know? <laughs> it was, it was real like, and we knew who we knew who we were. We knew what we were about, and I think all that was reflected. And it, it's honestly something that I, as a compliment, I mean this. I can see in the marriages and relationships that I respect and admire. So, Mike, I, you know, I adore your wife, and I see that in your relationship, and I oh, see yeah. that as a quality in your relationship. And when I talk to Mitch and his upcoming nuptials. I, I, I suspect, I don't know that I've, I might be off and he'll let me know, but this is something I think translates to where he is with what he's going through now. You know, they've, they've lived a life already. They've done things that a lot well, of people- More importantly than my you know, upcoming nuptials, let's understand why I wasn't invited to that wedding. Why I didn't get to party <laughs> down in New Orleans. Um, yeah. Um, that, was totally, that was totally Charlie's fault. Like, I told him, I told him to invite you. I was like, "Hey, man! Like, oh, if you, if you, you want if you want Tell someone who's, conversation, who's cool, cool to hang with and that. awesome to party with and can like Tell you know, DJ that. for you, uh, oh, we need to call oh. Mitch." What What year did you so, and Amanda get married? To a rain dance. It's um, 2014. 2014. What What was what month? That would have been in April. <laughs> April. Oh, oh, okay. I see. I see. I see. So, so you told me. I don't know, me I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're this conversation. You're so you're so did it, so you're telling me this conversation where you recommended that I you needed to invite Mitch. You had this happened when? When did you say this? Do you, I, to refresh my memory. I don't remember. Well, I think the real question here is what what is uh, what is your anniversary date, sir? Oh, so that's what you're going to pinnacle this on. You told me at your wedding. You need to invite Mitch to your wedding. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying that we need to uh, we need to go back a little bit and we need to, to get a setting here. Uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. you you two like to claim yeah. that I kept you apart for all these years for years <laughs> for years years yeah. and years. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Um. So, Mitch, uh, yeah. were you, <laughs> had you always wanted to get married, Mitch? Yeah, actually, yeah. Hard turn left. I, what? He made a hard turn away from the topic. There, yeah, he he did. Did. yeah, that's all right. No, not at all. I, mean, I understand. If I were so guilty, I would want to change the topic too. I would try to take that hard left. It has nothing I, to I do will, with guilt. I, I will yeah. say this though. Before we move on to his very good question, I just want to say, Mike, we do blame you, but at the same time, part of part of what instituted that rekindling was your wedding. Yeah, yeah, true so story. That's, that's true. I, I, I will one hundred percent not take that away from you. Well, you know what? Because that's what I do is I bring people together. <laughs> After long amounts of time, we keep them apart. Yeah. So when they bring them together, it's that's much magic, more impactful. Magic, well, magic. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Like, I don't believe. I don't believe that there's like one person out there for you, right? You know, we've all we, we've all seen we've all seen the romantic comedy where the guy spots the girl or significant other across the room. Their eyes meet, and the music plays, and it was meant to be. But it doesn't always happen that way. 
You know, timing so, has to be right. Things so let me have tell to you be in this. place. The planets have to align. Let me tell you what I interpret with this, Mitch. I, what I interpret here is he didn't want the both of us to know that we were each his side hustle. Yeah, no, I know that. I know that. Like, yeah, I could just I like. Right here is where you get the uh, the montage of clips of Mitch telling each of us when we're alone, going, "Yeah, man, we're." I love that I'm. You're the best friend I've got. Like, you know, he said the same things to both of us and lured us into his trust. Yeah, that it's, that is not doesn't sound like anything I would do. <laughs> I, I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> How many times have you heard, Mike? I just want to be sure we we get a I've character only, I've reference. I've only here. been married twice. <laughs> we were his side hustle mitch yeah it's all right it's all right it worked out it was, it was more harry met sally rather than like sleep this is true yeah, this is true it was definitely more harry met Sally. knew each other exactly. for years uh and then it, it ended up working out the, the bromance came together much later so that's okay that's right it's yeah. okay see like all i said yeah, stars the stars have to align everything has to be correct there needs you to know, be a pandemic and a need for a, uh, a <laughs> network. <laughs> There's a reason for this, reason. people. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It all starts with Harambe and then the Cubs winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. Well, so there's some benefits to this timeline. But you you said, Mitch, just to kind of get back to Mike's question, you really have your whole life wanted to be married? Yeah. I mean, I, I are we going to like really open up that uh, psychological? I mean, box? look, I, I told my First. story. You don't have to. I mean, I'm just, well, I'll, you know. I'll, share, I'll share this with you. Like, I was always a relationship guy. Me too. Um, yeah, my, my entire life. Yeah. So, I mean, I I know that uh, I I considered it and thought about it, and I I knew that's what I wanted eventually. Um, and I know that I made a lot of choices in my life leading up to uh, finding Natalie. That I could have made other choices. I'm glad I ended up where I did. You know, it, it, it seemed like I made a lot of choices surrounding my relationships, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I knew that that's what I wanted. I wanted that comfort and that stability and that uh, that home that you spoke of. So yeah, yeah no, I, I was always kind of a relationship guy. Not that there wasn't like you know the rock and roll years, but you know, whatever. Oh yeah, no, I certainly don't imagine you as a a long haired young rocker combing your hair in the mirror, going one day. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Saying, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going there. But I, I do. I do relate. As as much as we've gotten to know each other, the thing I I can connect with with you is both of us take heartbreak terribly. Like I mean, sinks our world, sink my world. I mean, it crushes me, and uh, it's it's always good to. That's why I'm happy for you, man. I mean, I'm just stoked, you know. And it, and also. I'm not going to give too much away about your bride to be, but there's so much symmetry in the three crazy, of us, right? in it's the wild. women that we've chosen to be with us or to hope in that they're all us. better than us. By, they're yeah, all so much better than we, us. We, yeah. we, definitely, we definitely married up, and I hope you guys make sure you edit this part out because we don't need them to discover this. We don't I'm not going to go. I'm 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 going to say I think she kind of married up, but you know, look if they don't know already. No, we married. We, we need both to keep it a secret. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Keep they know. Are you kidding me? I'm extorted on the daily. <laughs> I, I mean, there's just no doubt. I mean, I she lets me proclaim my lack of being completely pussy whooped by by telling. I can tell anybody I want, but once the doors are closed and nobody's around, all I hear is the crack of the whip. Dude, <laughs> I'm like, yes, honey. You're like, <laughs> I will you have go. to go on the table in five minutes, dear. <laughs> I, I put up a good fight sometimes, but it's fifty percent theatrical, you know. Right. I'm, right. I'm like, no, maybe. You know? <laughs> well, I think I think the thing I think the thing that we've all found is that we've we've found somebody who, uh, you know, all three women definitely smarter than any of us, and um, they are strong, independent women. You know, they do they need us? Probably not. We're very fortunate that they're willing to let us in their lives. <laughs> so this is going to make an interesting shift because I don't want to take the whole focus on that. We're definitely going to shift to something and just talking about some of the shit that I've seen it going around there, around the like the world of influence to men. Because, you know, there's some outspoken voices 
that are out there now who talk about alpha men and alpha men don't want strong women and alpha men want a a woman who's going to be submissive and beta and Boy, you know cuz because of the yeah. woman's alpha that's masculine energy and you I know wouldn't, like, I wouldn't subscribe to that by any means. I mean, part of the problem with my first marriage was that I I got to a point where I did not feel that my wife at the time was my equal. Um, you know, and, and it led to this, this idea in my head that if anything happened to me, like if I got sick, I got injured, that the family would go under because she would not step up and do what needed to be done to help, you know, protect the family. Be a companion. Yeah. So, and, and, and in my current wife, I don't feel that way at all. You know, if something happened to me, like I have no doubt in my mind that she would just shift gears and she would make sure that everything's all right. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, do you know ambition, what, what right? people are saying out there and in the world about like, you know, like alpha males not wanting like uh, a, someone to be their equal. I absolutely want my my companion to be my equal in in every way. Like my wife is a very intelligent woman. She's strong. She doesn't need me. Like we complement each other. Well, it doesn't need you for uh financial support right not for financial support i mean yeah yeah, i mean we we that's the thing i think about strong relationships is that you you make up uh and i I hate to say like where other you're strong where others the other is weak because i don't know that i consider my wife as having any weaknesses per se but there are areas where maybe i'm a little bit stronger so you know and and like with i'm sure you found that she really pick out the right pocket knife like I really don't think that she- you know she could not pick out the correct pocket knife. No, I would exactly. have to definitely help her with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there are guys out there right now that are are are, I would say, con- very controversial, but also garnering a a lot of following. And um, like Andrew Tate, and I don't know if you know this guy. You don't need to, uh, but this is somebody that is in my opinion, sort of playing up a character, right? You know that in order to get, it's sort of learned behavior with how to get clicks, right? You say something super right. controversial to get people to pay attention to your channel or to whatever you're doing, and and then you can demonstrate whatever you want. And this guy is, uh, was a, is very much in the zeitgeist. My wife would roll her eyes hard at me using that word. Don't right now. don't worry. I'm already but, rolling my eyes for yeah, her. Okay, but he's in the zeitgeist about this because he's out there talking about you know this alpha male and how to be a baller and that you don't want submissive women. He's basically ragging on men that don't have to have this giga chad flex personality about them. And look. I'm not going to go too far into criticizing it, uh, Andrew Tate directly, other than to say you can see where it's in the zeitgeist again. Roll eyes, Q. Uh, you can <sighs> find videos of teachers of of like middle school teachers where these 13 year old boys are looking at girls that are 13 that you know and sim- and saying to them things that he's preaching online like oh you're you know if you don't lose weight you're never going to find yourself a a quality man and you know you better learn how to if you want a quality man you got to get you got to look this way you get like these are kids that are buying it that it's real even though in my opinion he's playing this character and there's a lot of youtube creators out there that are the source of their channel well kids kids that age are impressionable and they they're going to be they're going to be taken in by anybody who's got like you know x number of followers and you know is is putting out content all the time and stuff. So and it's controversial, and they might yeah. think it's cool because he talks like. I mean, look, if I were thirteen, I might have been stupid enough to think for however short period of time that it was funny or it was cool. I don't know. I don't think I would. I'd like to say I wouldn't, but maybe because mm-hmm. I'm a dumb thirteen year old kid. You know. You know, it, it's it's interesting because like when I was growing up, like. I might make comments like that, but I never actually subscribed to that idea. Like I always did it in jest, you know, about, about like women needing a man or something like that. I would always joke around about that, but I had examples of strong women, uh, through, uh, some of my friends, their mothers were very, very strong women. And, uh, and they were great examples to me. 
This is well, one that's, of that's my point. Is that the three? The thing is, is I don't find the three of us to be anywhere near um, what would be described by these kinds of people as a beta or submissive. I just think that what we deem as a healthy and constructive relationship is more like He-Man Shira versus, you know, Conan and beta male hugging on his leg kind of thing. You know, it's like, I, I don't, I don't think that's a, and look, that may work for some people. And I'm certainly not saying everybody has to be the same, but I just think there are strong women that need companionship from men that can deal with the fact that they're independent without being threatened or having to dominate. And I mean, how fucking cool is it that we have each other to talk to this shit about? Because I don't think it's a, a common. Do you? Do you feel like that's the common thread with every you, what you see in the world? Maybe it is. Maybe I'm missing something. But I live in the South, so I definitely feel like it takes on more of your your normal archetype, right? Where the the guy is the breadwinner, and he's working most of the time, and the you know his wife is at home taking on what would be without any insult commonly referred to as like wifely duties or a woman's work. I mean, you've heard these terms mm -hmm. and I don't, I just don't see it that way, you know, and I know you guys don't either. I mean, but it's just one of those things that surprises me. And it's interesting that with the things that you and I and Mitch have in common as men, that we also have in common that the kind of companionship that we need wouldn't be fulfilled with the kind of woman that didn't have her own ambitions and didn't have her own independence and didn't have uh, that sort of excellence in their intellect and, you know, and not demeaning anybody that chooses otherwise. There's a perfect person for every kind of person, including Andrew Tate uh, and those kinds of like-minded people to him. I just think it's great to have three guys that are married to you know what? Charlie, you're absolutely outstanding right. professional women. We are awesome. And if there's any hotties <laughs> That's all out I'm there, saying, Mike, I'm glad you got the message. Yeah, yeah, we're great. If there's any hotties out there that want to give us a call, please call <laughs> us. <up. laughs> Yeah, that's that's be so funny to end it. Are you a powerful woman that's looking for companionship? Because I'm looking for a second marriage. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, Mitch, you were you were about to say something just a second ago, weren't you? No, I don't know. Probably, but it, it doesn't matter. But what I mean, what we we the things that we have in common, yes, it's it. And uh, here's where I see the, the problem, at least for me. As I like Mike grew up with, with strong women around me, and those were were not only just role models, but my takeaway and impression of how the world worked and how men and women interacted. And so, growing up, and even now, I have to admit to a certain ignorance to the fact that that that's not what everybody had as examples, and that's not what everybody wants in the world. And it's weird, and I have to be reminded. Natalie does a good job of reminding me that that's not everybody's experience. So not everyone is as enlightened. And I'm going to pat ourselves on the back right here and say, like the three of us, again, are a little more enlightened, a little bit more forward thinking, a little bit more free than the the, the Giga Chads. And, and the, they're, you know, it, I have to say it, but honestly, it's just a weak stance. It's just weak. I think I the same way. I think the know, same I way about it. I can't deal with that. I, and I don't have tolerance for it. But I also can often be blind to it. I don't recognize that it's going on. And that's something that I need Natalie there to remind me of that the rest of the world doesn't work the way that we three guys do. And right. the rest of the world doesn't see women the way that we three may. And that those struggles are still happening. And I don't know who this Tate guy is that you're talking about, but he sounds like a tool. Um, yeah, so I, mean, I, I think mean, he is. Yeah. I don't get to see that kind of stuff because I don't pay attention and I wouldn't recognize it. It's just, it's sad. But I, I do believe and I have a, a sliver of hope that the course of mankind, and I mean that humankind, come on, that's, you know, <laughs> but the course will eventually lead us to a place where we realize that that, that kind of bullshit is just not going to stand. We, you cannot move forward and cannot be a successful, uh, we can't go where we're going as a as a species with that kind of attitude. So uh, whatever, that kind of guy just uh, is a joke to me. I just laugh. Well, I, I agree with you. And and the, the whole reason I, I even bring it up is, 
you know, I think sometimes what I'm blind to as well, and this is totally going to inflate Mike's head quite a bit, but uh, with danger, warning, warning, um, I better send his wife <laughs> a text. Warning. warning. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, warning. He's going to be very, very inflated with his ego tonight. Um, but I, I really do think, you know, you don't realize what those, whoever it is, is paying attention to that might be even a young adult or even adult that's a peer and you don't know that they're paying attention to you. Right. And they're paying attention to these guys like Andrew Tate um, and other YouTubers like him who want to keep this dichotomy of the beta female. And, and I, I, every time I say this, I always want to put in a little uh, caveat. Now I'm finding words to make my wife's eye roll. Um, Caveat's a good one. Come on. Caveat's a good one. But I always want to put in this caveat that, you know, look, I'm not taking it away that if that's the dynamic that works for a couple and they're happy, good for them. If it's something that they choose and agree on and it's consensual, great. No, Mm -mm. I disagree. Okay. We should (laughs) definitely a topic to talk about. I don't care if it's good for them. It's bad for society. It's bad for culture. It's bad for the future. It's bad. That's the, 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 what he's putting out there for people and someone else like that is perpetuating that kind of bullshit. It's not okay. Well, I don't think it's okay that he would say that that's where a person is supposed to be. What I'm saying is my caveat is if a couple meets and in talking about their ambitions or what they want out of life, they sort of agree that that's the roles they want to play. Then that's the roles they want to play. Like I, 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 I think with role playing, bro. Like that's cool. But (laughs) (laughs) are we going back? Are we going back to the Zach and Mary make your porno? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, these guys out there are. I hear you going. I understand. I get. But they it. they have an influence on people, and I I think it occurs to me that the three of us are representing that it's not only uh, the right way to go and a successful way to be happy in in a couple in a marriage, but that it's it's fulfilling and rewarding, and I think that 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 we're out we're sort of those guys that we would have been looking to for an example that weren't around. I mean, do you remember mm-hmm. when you were a kid, were you lucky enough to have, we talked about the woman that we had as representation, but were you guys lucky enough to have men? I know you with your dad were Mike. Um, and maybe yeah. you were too, Mitch. I mean, that you guys had male role models that represented that, the same mentality that you have towards your relationships. You know, um, that is a very good question and a good place of where all this stems from. So I'll tell you what, why don't we take a break? Yes. And when we come back, we'll get the answer to that. Great. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Great, we're back. We're going to talk about what Mitch has to say about the influence that his family, dad, male role models that could have influenced you. Um, go on. No, I, I think that it, it absolutely has to do with the uh, example that my father set. I, I don't think that I could... Uh, without that. I mean, granted, I, I will tell you that my Nana, she was a strong, feisty woman, and she used to say things like, oh, the man may be the head of the household, but the woman is the neck, and she turns the head any way she wants, and I that like kind that. of thing. <laughs> yeah, I was always a big fan of that when I loved it. Um, but yeah, the, you can't have those same strong uh, role models and impressions, I think. At least, I, I mean, I guess you could. I, I don't know. So I'll leave that up to Mike to answer for himself as well. But no, I, it, it had to go both ways. And I saw that my parents worked together and they you know, had their problems. But um, no, my, my father taught me a healthy respect for women and a, a healthy understanding that the, you know you can't operate the, the world without, without everybody kind of like working together. So yeah. What you, Mike? I'd have to I'd have to mirror some of those same things that Mitch just said. Like for me, it was part of it was my father. Like we we used to talk late in late into the evening, um, just about life and you know have conversations and stuff. And one of the things we talked about was 
was, uh, you know, how we should treat women and, and respect for them. And, and, uh, you know, what, what someone might seek in a partner. And, uh, you know, I said earlier that like the role models that I have had were, uh, mothers of some of my friends and, you know, at, at my age, it's, it's kind of sad to say, but I'm not really close with my own mother. Like I, I know her, but I don't really understand her that well. And it, it took years, but looking back, I, I look at it and I, I realized that my mother, she's a sweet woman. She's wonderful, very caring. She's got a lot of positive qualities, but I don't know that I would consider her a strong role model. Um, you know, and that's, that's for reasons I'm not really going to go into right now, but just, of course not. No, 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 um, but, uh, but you know, I was fortunate that I had friends whose mothers I, I learned were strong, uh, very strong willed. Um, and I, I don't mean that to sound like they're domineering in any manner, but just that they were, were women that, uh, you know, they can, can take care of things when necessary. But just as I mean, just as a backstory, you, when you, you got like numbers, phone numbers. You said domineering. What? What was right. it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say just as an example. Like I remember an instance when I was young. Uh, my father. So had so was, long ago, right? I mean, now that you're sixty, yeah, probably like uh, two, three years ago at least. <laughs> um, my uh, my my father was working a summer job driving trucks, so he was out of town, and my mother got a phone call from somebody who uh the person on the other end you know asked her some questions and stuff it was a man and one of the things i I overheard the conversation later he asked he was like well how do you feel about your husband doing this to you and you know she got a little scared a little freaked out so she called her friend uh this woman who uh her son and i were friends and and this woman came over immediately and you know she was a member of the nra she was loud and outspoken uh very strong independent woman she she came over and spent the night she's like and then she she came over and kind of calmed my mother down and called the police and said yeah my friend got a call that was kind of disturbing and you know can we just have somebody swing by and take a look at things and she let them know that she was in the house had a weapon with her and uh you know just let them know what had happened but she came over and she just took took control you know she's like okay this is what we need to do this is what we're going to get done and, you know, she was one of the earliest examples that I can remember of someone who was uh, a very strong, strong, independent woman. And left an impression, clearly. Yeah. Oh, clearly left oh, wow. an impression. Like, I, clearly Mike saw all that happen and was like, you're a member of the NRA? I want to love oh, guns. I, I have loved guns ever since that time. <laughs> and that's when I decided I was going to buy my first weapon. That's right. It was the Remington Bolt Action Rifle. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first gun, Mike? Ooh, good question. Um, my first gun was an SKS. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, you didn't start no. with like a twenty-two or something? Well, no, no. The first gun that I oh, that I actually got that was mine was an SKS. Okay. Okay. Like the first oh. first gun I ever fired was a Ruger twenty-two. No, that yeah, I understand. Not not same and question. Then, but, yeah. And then as far as a rifle goes, the first rifle I ever fired was my grandfather's. Uh, he had a single action. Uh, single shot twenty two rifle, uh-huh. um, and it's an old rifle, um, but uh, still very accurate. Yeah, and that was four, that was what we mine started. Four ten shotgun. Yours was a shotgun. Yeah, nice. Was it first at, first gun? At, at, first first gun that I had given to me, and uh, I remember. What age um, were you? Eight. Yeah, eight. And I remember going duck hunting with my father and like I shot my first duck, cried for killing it and couldn't eat it. Like totally true. I just couldn't, I couldn't like, I saw him and like, it was really clear. He was like taking all the the feathers out and everything. And I was just like, "Ah!" I I could not. uh, And they just feasted on that thing. And I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't bring myself to eat it. I I gotta tell you, man, it's one more parallel. The first time that I went out hunting, I actually had, didn't even fire the the shotgun, but they were dove hunting, and they sent me out to go pick it, pick up the doves. I picked up this one; it wasn't quite dead yet. I just cried and didn't fire like a shot that day. Like I just cried. 
Yeah, it, it, it freaked me out. It freaked me yeah. out. My my dad, the first gun I ever fired was my my father was an idiot. I mean, he took me out to like middle of nowhere and he breaks out his uh snub nose nickel plated 357 Magnum. Oh jeez. And like stands <laughs> behind me and holds my hands. And of course that gun kicks like a mule mm-hmm. and and just loud. And I didn't have any headphones on or anything. So super country way to approach it. And I remember uh, pulling the trigger and just being like, I don't ever want to touch that thing again. You know, I was just like. So wait, the no. shotgun was the first gun you ever fired? First gun I ever owned was the 410. The first gun I ever shot was with my dad was the 357. What about you, Mitch? What was the first one you ever shot? Mini 14. Nice. How old were you? I don't know. Could, must have been around that same age, like somewhere between six to eight, somewhere in there, I guess. Yeah. I preferred yeah. fishing. Yeah. I, I, I like the M1 Grand. That was oh, <laughs> First gun I got was a BAR from World War II. Yeah. Now, see, I think I was five first time I ever went shooting. And then hunting, uh, we went shooting rabbits. And I had no trouble shooting them, but my my brother managed to catch one on the run, and uh, it hit it in the spine. And you know how rabbits like scream when they get injured. <laughs> Mike just started laughing and started eating it <laughs> alive. I he did. Started consuming did. it right then. He was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. I was like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like fear. That's just <laughs> right. No, my brother, my brother who 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 wounded the rabbit because of course my dad made us track it down and kill it. My brother was crying the whole time. Hmm. Like we 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 saw it. Like you could see its back break as it was going up this hill, and then it mm-hmm. just its back legs were just dragging, and there was a blood trail that we followed. And yeah, my brother had to had to put it out of its misery because my dad's like, you can't let it suffer. Well, those are good lessons. Yeah. Even though I probably would have cried too, for sure. If I my brother was my brother was you, Mike. He he didn't wasn't affected at all. He was three years younger than I, and you just was like running up there grabbing like just almost jolly gathering up the doves that mm-hmm. they shot. Yeah, well, I think that's an it's empathy thing, right? That's you know? just about empathy. It's a what? And I think thing? between the three of us, the find least that empathy word. comes from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know that word. Right. I've never never heard that word before in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Mike's like, what? What's that? What's that word I'm, you said? Don't I'm pretty know? sure that's made up. Entropy? What? <laughs> you made that word up. All words are made up, Mike. All words. Are made up. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's pretty. So, you, I mean, that's. I know we took a turn into the guns, but I, I mean, did you both are gun owners currently? We've talked about it a couple of times. Was that sounds like you guys were both influenced uh, also by your dads and continue to have a hobby and a collection of maintaining and and keeping? Do you have a gun? Like, yes, sure, Mike. I think you have a gun safe. No, I, I don't actually. Pretty, oh, you don't? You just keep them <laughs> in the kitchen. You just- yeah, I just- <laughs> I just keep them on the table where the kids can grab one right before they go to school. <laughs> this is how you enforce Whoa. tardiness at home. Like, was ten. Exactly. You got. You got to have a strong hand. No, but I mean, you just, I mean, I think of Brando. Brando has got several guns. Well, I mean, I mean several guns. You know, like there's like there like there are people who are who are enthusiasts and have a lot of guns. Um, you know, I I want more. And eventually I'm going to have a safe, but you know, I've taught my kids what they are and what, what you do with them and how you handle them. And it's not an issue. Yeah. We grew up without a gun safe and lots of, lots of weapons. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it does, it, it does, it kind of does depend on how you're raised. Um, now no children in the home, hopefully won't be, but yeah, no, no safe. You guys aren't going to do the kid thing there, Mitch. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i think that's I, I understand you've already got a dog as well yeah that's already too much we have to do <laughs> yeah that's, oh my god Mitch. no way too much already you know it's funny it's totally true because you know you guys are dealing with having to 
take care of some logistics so that you can make your journey yeah. to where you're going to imagine I've, I know everybody I know that has kids has dealt with something similar to what you dealt with today, but with their kids. And it's always times five of what you dealt with today. Well, right? I like, just figured like what now was a perfect time to just give him up. It's like, we've had him for a year. Let's just give him away. Now we can <laughs> it was a good run. Yeah, it was a good run, and now I need to go somewhere without him for a week. You just give him away now. I'm done. I'm, I mean, yeah. that's good. Get another one when we come back. Yeah, right? that's how they go. You just yeah, dispose of them. That was not enough. I was not agreeing. Yeah. So I, say, asked, I, I asked my youngest one today if she actually wanted to keep her dog because she's <laughs> she's getting more involved in school now, and she's got like all these after school activities, and she doesn't play with the dog as much as she did. Yeah, I'm like, hey, why don't we just uh, get rid of it? Yeah. There's a home that wants him. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is why Mike keeps guns not in a gun safe, right? <laughs> Easier I, I like the term get rid of as opposed to, you know, maybe we should give him up for adoption or find him a new home. Mike's like, we should just maybe get rid of it. <laughs> hey, man, all I'm going to say is it's a big oh, desert wow. out there. <laughs> big desert. It's a giant desert. It is. It's huge. Oh, actually, you know what's, what? Uh, somebody keyed me on to uh, nature's metal. Like that's that's what I just thought of is you just being like you want to learn something about nature? We're gonna find out what coyotes do when we release a Dalmatian in the middle of the desert. <laughs> nature's <laughs> metal, like metal, because nature's metal is hell. Yeah, that's the name of the. It's like a, it's either a, it's either a TikTok or a YouTube channel where it's just like purely things that happen in nature. It's Speaking of the kids thing, um, I do want to thank you. Uh, Arvig for making the trek for you know being willing to come and understanding the kids thing. I mean, I know that it's we're just oh, talking about how you know it's kind of a it's, challenge and hard to do, but man, no, to, to, for man, me it's I, it's always been easy. Like I I usually put down some newspaper, a bit of Cheerios <laughs> when they were younger, make sure they got a bowl of water, and the kids are fine. Sure. I mean, um, honestly, for the first ten years of their lives, Mike didn't know that the dog kennel was for dogs. He thought, "What a cool <laughs> idea, kid cage!" It's, I know they're it's safe. It's a great way. It's a great way. It's cheaper than buying one of those play pens for the kids. <laughs> I'm yeah. hang some bananas from the top and, like, mm-hmm. you know, put a bowl of Cheerios in there. Yeah, yeah. You purchase no, actually, all kinds of things and save a buck. Actually, I'm good at this point because my kids are old enough that, like, you know, the uh, the oldest daughter is uh, 17. She's going to be 18 soon. Um, you know, she's driving, the boy is driving now, the youngest one's in junior high. Like, seriously, we don't even have to really worry about him too much. Well, normally I would want to like, I, I put him outside but... all the time and let him roam free. <laughs> I, I mean, look, to be, to, I just want to say without diving too much into it, because it could definitely, you know, touch on some sensitive nerves with everything going around. But I know that the three of us agree that we just don't understand why it's controversial for somebody who is having their wedding to say this is an adult occasion please don't bring your kids uh, Wait, I, is that controversial some know, people find it to be i don't know why but i don't want to i don't want to get so deep into it that we start getting, <laughs> no, I, like heated stuff you know dude, I, i'm just shocked later, i'm right? just shocked because i mean there are times when you do adult activities and there are times when like the kids get involved but like yeah. it, they're not all the same thing I'll tell I you what it so far with the professional side of it was that a lot of people were like, well, yeah, that's like, that's common now. That's not a big deal. No one should give you a hard time with it. It's like, they're like, that absolutely makes sense. A couple of our vendors are like, yeah, like, and they even have kids. They're like, shit, we don't want kids at our wedding either, or we wouldn't have had them at ours. And so it, no, it was really quite uh, uh, refreshing and encouraging. There were other uh, parties that didn't see it that way. Look, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, man, no kids at the wedding is great. Also, don't have polkas and do not do the chicken dance. There will be none of that. There'll be very few traditional things. If you're expecting something, it's probably not going to happen. You expecting us to put cake in each other's faces? Go to another wedding. Uh, do you want us to throw the bouquet? Not going to happen. Like all that shit out the window. This is a goth celebration, and there will be uh, few, if any, traditional wedding trappings. Nice. I mean, the thing I'm that excited, I, brother. I'm excited. I'm excited for you too, man. I'm excited to be there and be there for the event. The, but it reminds me of something that happened in my family recently. My my niece got married, and all my family went. I didn't happen to go for that event, but they were there, and of course, she's 
just just about to get to 30. And her reception was just purely uh, what she grew up listening to and what her favorite music was. And that, you know, a lot of rap. Was it, was it Depeche Mode? A lot of, oh. lot of rap. A lot of that heard. rap had yeah. uh, ex, you know, expletive language that you would expect. Not No criticism. Very popular music, but very much a lot of sex references, a lot of, lot of bad language. You can imagine that some of the family elders, like my aunt and um, a couple of her parents and her parents' friends, separate at a, at a later date, for weeks, they could not stop complaining about, oh, God, the music. God, I don't know why they had to play that music. And... I was sitting there at a meal with my cousin, and my cousin is one of my favorite people on the planet. He's just a, a minch and a no-holds-barred, kind of keeps it real no matter what. And he had been hearing it for a long time, just like I had. I had heard my mom talk about it. I'd heard my aunt talk about it. I'd heard her mom talk about it, my nieces who got married. And they were constantly like, oh, God, it just I don't know why you'd have to play. And just this snotty sort of attitude. And at one point when we're all together and they're kind of going back and forth and just egging each other on, he just stops and goes, hey, hey, hey. And they all kind of got quiet and they're like, what? And he goes, was it your fucking wedding? And they go, no. And he goes, well, then shut the fuck up. (laughs) He's like, seriously, it's their wedding. It's their moment. They can do whatever they want. That's what you're there to celebrate. It's their stuff. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. It's what they wanted, and it's their wedding. They get to have that. You know, he's absolutely correct. Like my and first wedding I, yeah. was was back in Pennsylvania with my my ex wife's family, and her mother and her aunt had a lot of input on the wedding. And I didn't enjoy my first wedding. Like there were aspects. And that's of it why that you had fun. a second one. <laughs> or there were aspects of it that were fun. <laughs> I, you know, at the time, I, I loved my wife, but uh, yeah, the second wedding was a lot more fun. Tip your waitress. I'll be here all week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I'm mean, look, so I agree you with you. I just think it it oh it that's the that's really the the long and short of it, right? Like it's it doesn't matter if you agree. It doesn't matter if it's something you would do. It's like if you don't like it enough, you just don't go. You don't have to be it's like it is like the worst time to have a battle of wills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know yeah, it's right. your wedding, but let yeah. me just, you know, I'm, I mean, come on. You know, I just don't think that. Let that, me tell you how it should be. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me that anybody would be, uh, I'm going to use, but Graham, our buddy Graham, our British friend Graham, always makes fun of me for using this word, but it is preposterous, right? Cool. It is absolutely the most arrogant. And I don't even know if they're aware of that. Anybody who would have that moment oh, oh i get it maybe it made you uncomfortable maybe you don't like it but honestly what's it got to do with you and furthermore what's it got to do with your fucking kid man i mean nobody hates the kid but he's not invited he's not invited sorry you know it's it'd be it's the funny thing is is if it, it'd be the it's almost as ridiculous as if you were like we're having a bachelor party at this <laughs> renowned strip club and i just want to make it clear that your 12 year old isn't invited there isn't one family out there that'd be like, well, come on. I mean, yeah, come yeah. on. I yeah. mean, little Jack is, he likes titties. He's just getting to the <laughs> age where he loves titties. This is a perfect setting for him. It's not going to happen. You know, it just seems like the weirdest place to have a power struggle, right? You know what? If he's still breastfeeding, it's not going to be a big deal. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for filling my brain with that haunting fucking image. Are you kidding me? That, that might be. I might get charged with assault for slapping a mom for breastfeeding a kid at twelve. Be like, ugh, slap! What are you doing? And <laughs> is it okay in the club? <laughs> Wait, is it a stranger? That's right. I'm sorry. I assumed it was his mother. Is it a stranger? <laughs> you know, what, you know what it makes me think of. You remember the uh, John Travolta and was it Christie uh, Christie Alley movie or something like that? Look who's like, talking. Look who's talking. Yeah. Where he's like, where he's holding the baby and he's talking to that young lady and he's like, "You think of what I'm thinking?" And the baby's like, "Hmm, lunch." 
I'll bet you, you those have God, well. dude. We should totally do an episode of shit like that that doesn't oh, age well now. Oh man, I bet. Oh, uh, dude, there's so many things out there that don't age. You know well. how popular that movie was? So popular. Oh, and that really moment sounds day. so cringeworthy to me right now. If mm-hmm. I saw that, I'd tell you, be like, oh god, Ew. oh my. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh like, my. So oh, my one stars. Of, one of my favorite movies. Like I loved Blazing Saddles. Still love Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Where are the white women at? And I have I have watched it honestly probably within the last couple of months. I watched it. I you really couldn't make it today. You could not. And make I'm like, it oh my gosh, this movie is so offensive. It, yeah, you could not make it. <laughs> it's it. crazy how I mean it would never it would never be made today. No airplane. No. no way. Do you remember how many times people would say, like, how many times when you were like 14 or 15 that every guy you knew was like, my favorite movie is Blazing Saddles oh, and yeah. Airplane. It was like, everybody loved those movies, right? And that oh, yeah. humor. And look, it's still funny, but man, mm-hmm. it's it would never happen, man. It would never happen today. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, guys, I, I think this was a, a, a probably a good place to wrap it up. We think we've really probably went further into talking about Mitch's nuptials than he was comfortable with. So I guess mission accomplished in, in a way. Um, but Mitch, thank you for being so open with us about it. We're really just happy for you, man. Super happy Thanks. for you. Absolutely. Both of you really. I'm excited, man. It, it yeah. means to me that you guys are going to make it and going to be there. Cause it's really, uh, for us, nothing more than a, an opportunity to celebrate with our friends and having them there is the key part of it. I mean, we're going to be there cause you know, we're kind of stuck with each other, so that, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah, you have to be there. I mean, that's you got to be there. That's part of it, but really. You don't mean. have to. Yeah, Are you guys going to dance to like Huey Lewis in the news? I'm, I'm yeah. happy to be stuck with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we come walking out after the ph- photographers are done with us and that shit, and you guys are all you know, like holding candles and we're coming out in our black robes, then we're going to dance to Huey Lewis. <laughs> I-, I can tell you, as someone who's participating in managing the DJing responsibilities, the only requests that I've got etched in stone are to make sure that uh, A, Mitch has his two and a half hour set that we're going to make sure we have an allowance for him to have. Uh, I think originally it started as a 15 minute set, but that was just never going to do. So it's going to be now a two and a half hour set. We're going to allow for maybe three if he goes you know, really deep. The other rule number two was no white snake, which I found odd. But no white snake? I totally think that's appropriate. What? Right? Yeah, he oh just God, felt like dude. they were sort of a glam sort of band, not really real music. And I was no, like, oh, no. maybe, but wrong. You know. wrong. One of the greatest <laughs> bands of all time. <laughs> that was the greatest perm of all time, maybe. Uh, They'll be featured heavily it during can be rock. Bo- it can be both. Of course they will. Of course they will. And then <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take the opportunity because I know that um, um, I haven't told Mitch quite yet, but I uh, absolutely have gotten my tickets. And I'm definitely going to be there. So it is a done deal, sir. I'm 100% going to be there. It's too late to Um, uninvite him now, Mitch. Yeah, you're so screwed, bro. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Uh, Guys, thanks for coming on. Mike, please come back more often. Uh, You're always good to have on the show. Great conversationalist. Thanks for sharing with us and everybody who's listening. Uh, Always happy to be here, brother. Uh, Cool. And Mitch, I will see you in about a week, sir. So I'm super stoked. Um, and I can't wait to celebrate with both of you, actually. It'll be a it's gonna be really awesome. amazing to just have some drinks and really enjoy the company. Um, till then, appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoy everything that we're doing. We're constantly trying to find new ways to be entertaining and informative, and we want you to keep coming back. Brevity Box is really just a show about random conversation about topics we care about. Often that's hot takes on random topics and subject matter. In this case, it was more personal, and honestly, it was probably one of my favorite episodes I've done. This was a great discussion for all of us and what we find important and what we think is I guess the right way to deal with those kinds of relationships, the right way to find the person that's right for you. And I think we're all good representations of it. I'm proud of us. We're awesome. (laughs) So be sure to come back for another episode. Brevity Box is brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. I know you heard me tell you about it before. Be sure to go to the website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. Lots of shows, easy to get into. doesn't matter which one. If I had to recommend a start, maybe, oh God, it hurts. 
You can find some, if you're a gamer, especially a gamer that's been gaming for quite a few years, you're going to love the show. It's really insightful, introspective, or maybe you love movies. You want to check out Cinephile Hissy Fit, or maybe you like fantasy football and you want to check out our fantasy football podcast 25 yards later, any of them. They're all there at the website. Check it out. Enjoy. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. You can say bye, too. Oh, bye. Let a smile be your umbrella.